While we've discussed both DeFi and stablecoins on the show many times, it's always interesting to get a fresh perspective from others innovating in the space. That's why we're pleased to bring you a candid talk with Rafael Cosman of Trust Token. As the creator of the true USD stablecoin, Rafael knows things and stuff and some other things. That's good because we only know stuff and we need to learn more about the things. So come along with us on a journey on the DeFi and stablecoin rabbit hole and get ready for some honest talk about USDT, the tether coin, on this Stuff, Things, More Stuff, and Even More Things, episode number 491 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, Welcome to those of you who are fans of stuff and things and more of both. We have a hefty helping for all of you today to fill your plates with all you can eat on stuff and things on this episode of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Very true. Check it out. We are the Bad Crypto Podcast. If you look at us on iTunes, you might see us. Well, you might not because it depends on when you actually look. But right now, I believe we're in the top 80 of business podcasts in the U.S. on iTunes. And we're in the top 40 of investing on iTunes. And so it looks like we've gone over 10 million total downloads for the show since 2017. And once you go bad, you never go back, they say. And also, if you look at us, you'll see two middle-aged, paunchy, regular dudes. That's two all we dudes are. talking crypto, just two dudes talking crypto, oh yeah. Two dudes talking crypto, two dudes talking crypto, Joel and Travis are just two dudes talking crypto, oh yeah. Hey, real quick, I want to let you guys know about uh, Anytask and Electronium. We've talked about it quite a little bit. We're going to be brief about it today. It's anytask.com. You can get thousands of tasks just starting at one buck. And uh, everybody on those freelancers are getting paid in ETN tokens. So you're really doing good stuff. So go check it out, anytask.com. And if you want to have some fun, play some Super Crypto Cart. It's created by ChainGames.io. Real crypto payouts for multiplayer racing. If you've got what it takes to be number one, the competition is ready for you at ChainGames.io. Yeah, man, that that crypto has blown up this past month. Oh, my goodness. Oh, snap. All right, Sir Lord Travis, let's talk about TrueFi with Rafael Cosman. We've been talking about the NFT craze being the new DeFi, but they're really two different things. And we're going to put aside NFTs for the moment to get back to the topic of DeFi because DeFi still so hot right now. And there's a lot of you out there that still don't quite get it. And I have to admit there's components of it that I don't fully understand. And with us today, we have the CEO and co-founder of Trust Token, Rafael Cosman, and they have developed a unsecured lending protocol, TrueFi, as well as five of the world's most transparent on-chain attested stablecoins, including the true USD. They move billions of dollars around the world each month. And if we're going to learn DeFi from somebody, this is the guy. Rafael, welcome to Bad Crypto. Thanks for having me on, Joel. That was a great introduction. Yeah. So uh, did I build it up too much or are you going to be able to deliver? 
it's pretty hyped, but I would say I think DeFi is worth every penny of hype that's been going into it. I think NFTs are amazing as well, but I think DeFi is maybe the single most exciting part of crypto right now. I'm probably a little bit biased because I am a founder in DeFi, but that is my honest take on it. Very nice. Yeah, from stable coins to uncollateralized lending. I know a lot of folks are a little confused about what DeFi actually means. And so let me let me ask you, how would you dumb it down to the to the basic level of grandma's trying to hear what what is this DeFi thing? How, what's your elevator? How do you how do you just drill it down to its core message? Well, so I would say the the easiest way to understand DeFi is that it is taking a lot of the functions of what a bank does. It's like you go into a bank, you can put money with a bank, you can earn an interest rate, you can borrow from the bank if you need a loan. It's just taking all these basic things that a bank normally does, and it is providing those services in a much more streamlined, transparent, and efficient way directly on the blockchain. So that the end consumers end up with a much, much better deal than what they're getting today working with banks or other financial institutions. The banks don't like this at all because it, it cuts out the middleman. Yeah, they don't. They're like, we're not happy with you, Raphael. We don't trust your token. We want we want the people to trust us. We want the people to put, give us their money and we're not going to pay them in, any interest if we are, you know, it's a CD that we're going to hold for three years and we might pay them 2%. And then we're going to go and use that money and we're going to earn 10% on it. And, and what's wrong with that? huh? Right. That's exactly what's happening today. So in my, my money in my Chase bank account is earning one basis point, 0.01%. So I'm getting basically nothing on that. Now, that's not because Chase isn't earning anything on that money. It's just because you know they don't feel they have to give any of that to me. And I guess they're right. That's kind of just the way the market is right now. You're but literally DeFi, getting pennies on the dollar. Could, literally. literally. Yeah, dollar. it's fractions of a penny. In DeFi, you could be earning 5, 10, 20, sometimes even 50% APY, depending on which protocol you're working with. And you know, almost all the money that the protocol is making is going directly back to the users who are putting in capital. Stuff that's mind-blowing to some folks. Like these percentages just do not compute, right? We're used to three three percent AP you know, APY, and we're used to these small numbers. Like, and in some bank accounts, you're not getting anything. Like Joel just said, like pennies. And and here we are talking about in some cases just gigantic. APY. Now, how is that possible? I know we're taking profits from this and, and that, but, you know, again, grandma's listening, right? And then how do I take my Bitcoin or my Ethereum and I lock it up? And then how does that money get created that they earn? How do you explain that? Well, basically, there are people willing to pay high interest rates to borrow capital. Like, well, let's just say Compound as an example. Compound is one of the largest DeFi protocols in the world right now. They've got over $8 billion of deposits into the protocol, and they're lending out about $4 billion. So they're a big fish. And wow. you know, people who are borrowing from Compound, they're paying, like looking at it right now, four, six, eight, sometimes even 9% APY to be able to borrow money from the protocol. So like high yields and good investments are out there. It's just that most consumers aren't getting them. You know, if you are a professional money manager, if you're managing $50 million, $100 million, you know, you're not getting one basis point. 
you know, a consumer like me with a little money in my Chase account, I'm getting one basis point. But you can bet the big fish who have a lot of capital to move around, they're finding much, much better deals, really good opportunities that aren't generally available to smaller fish in the market. So there are lots of DeFi alternatives right now. You know, one of the earliest ones I learned about was Celsius, where I was yeah. earning interest on my tether. It's like 10 and a half percent on a stable coin, you know, which yep. you can't get that anywhere. But every time I've you know looked at it, I'm wondering how secure is this? You know, with a bank, as much as they're taking advantage of us, it's FDIC insured. Something happens to that money. If it gets stolen, if it gets hacked, whatever, you know, happens, I get that money. What happens if Celsius goes down? Yeah. Now, before we dive into that, I first I would differentiate. So most people probably wouldn't consider Celsius to be truly DeFi because Celsius is still an app that you download on, you know, you download the Celsius app on your iPhone and you can put some money in, but it's still, you know, there is a private company, Celsius, which is taking that money and they're lending it out and they're giving you a, a return. And there's no question, it is a much more attractive option than most bank accounts today, but it's still not truly DeFi because it's not all happening directly on the blockchain where you can see every single loan that is being made. You know, Every time a cent moves in and out of the protocol, you're seeing that. So Celsius, we wouldn't consider truly DeFi, but they are giving yields directly on crypto assets that are competitive with a lot of DeFi protocols today. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. There's so many out there and, and you have a version of this and, and there, are, there are so many other ones out there. And then we start seeing them pop up, like, you know, even with yield farming, like sushi. And then you see, you know, you pancake swap and all these things are popping up. How, you know, how yeah. are people able to keep track of all this stuff? And like, how can you tell which one's the right protocols and which one's the right platforms to be using? I mean, it's tough. And I would say like to anyone that's considering getting into DeFi, you know, these high yields, there's no question, they definitely come with some risks. So this is not FDIC insured. You should not think of this as being akin to your bank account. You know, I do think that on a, on a risk return basis, these can be some very attractive investments, but they're going to be a lot riskier than putting money into a bank or putting money into a CD. And so maybe there's some piece of your portfolio where you'd say, okay, I'm willing to take some risks here and put this into DeFi. And I understand if there's a smart contract hack or something like that were to happen, I'm okay with that. You know, it's not, it's not my life savings. But you know, Travis, to answer your question, you can look at um, you can look at which DeFi projects have been around the longest and have the most capital already in them. So like I mentioned Compound, which is one of the biggest, been around for many years, very, very reliable, very well trusted. Ave is another very big fish, billions of dollars in assets. Now, a lot of these big fish, they've, you know, they've established a strong reputation, a strong track record, and so people trust them a lot, but they're also not where you're gonna find the very highest yields. If you wanna get you know, crazy high yields, 100, 200, 300% APY, those kinds of things are available, but they're oftentimes gonna be in newer, less tested projects where you don't know exactly what you're getting into, and it's a little bit more, you know, you're, you're flying by the seat of your pants there. You could lose your money, you could make a lot, you're taking in some risks. For you sure. mean I shouldn't follow that telegram link to crazyhighyields.com with a referral link on it? That that's not necessarily to be trusted. You know, that one, uh, I'd say maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what you're doing then. How does Trust Token work within this DeFi ecosystem? So what we're doing is, you know, we've got a protocol called TrueFi, which we launched in September. So it's actually still, you know, pretty new. And what we're targeting with TrueFi is doing uncollateralized lending. So a lot of the big DeFi projects like Compound and Aave and Maker, if folks have heard of that, they are all doing over collateralized lending. So it's a smart contract where you could go put up, let's say a dollar and 50 cents of ether, and then you could borrow a dollar of stable coin, or you could put up a dollar and 50 cents of stable coin and then borrow a dollar of ether. So the smart contract is always holding collateral. And so it doesn't have to worry too much about if you don't pay back that loan, because it can always liquidate your collateral. The smart contract is protected. But what we're doing with TrueFi is we're looking to tap into uncollateralized lending, which is no question, it's a difficult problem. And it does carry some additional risks beyond the over collateralized lending, which is quite prominent in DeFi today. But also, it can offer a much higher yield. And it is a huge industry. You know, we're talking about hundreds of billions or trillions of dollars out there in, in traditional finance, which is doing uncollateralized lending. And we think that we can have the potential to bring a lot of that on chain. Yeah, it's, it's I'm looking at this and your website is trusttoken.com. You got this TrueFi, TrueFX, and TUSD. Now I've seen TUSD. I think you're in the top, you're in the top, uh, maybe not the top 100 because the top 100 got, got blown out by companies that are worth a billion dollars. I noticed recently, but you got a, you got, you know, 350 million market cap. And uh, so, so this one is, I think that most people maybe don't understand about why it's valuable to do DeFi in some ways. So say for example, can, can, uh, can uh, trust token, can you guys, uh, can they stake uh, their Bitcoin in your platform? Not yet. Although actually that is something that we're working on right now is adding support mm-hmm. for people to be able to lend out their Bitcoin, their Ethereum, any sort of stable coin, all kinds of different assets and earn an attractive yield. Right now we only support TrueUSD, which is our major stable coin. And as you mentioned, we do have a lineup of other stable coins that we're going to be adding soon. We actually have a true British pound, true Australian dollar, true Canadian dollar, Hong Kong dollar. And part of what's interesting about this is that, you know, people can actually get into DeFi and you don't necessarily have to be exposed to Bitcoin or Ethereum or other volatile currencies. You know, you could take $1,000 or $100, you could put it into a stable coin like TrueUSD, and then you can put it directly into DeFi protocols and start earning an attractive yield on it. And you you can get a high yield and it does, does have some risks, but you don't have the price volatility that you would with something like Ethereum and Bitcoin. And that's, I think, part of what keeps a lot of people from coming into crypto, you know, who otherwise would consider it. Let's talk a little bit about what some would consider the elephant in the room when it comes to stable coins, Tether. Oh, you know, I read yeah. all kinds of stuff out there. Tether is safe. The Tether is not safe. One day, you know, Tether, they're, they're not printing nearly as much tether as they are, you know, creating fiat currency, we're okay. And then I hear one day it's going to completely collapse and drag Bitcoin with it. What's your perspective? Yeah, it's interesting that you should bring up tether, the block, which is one of the major news, probably the best news publications in crypto. They just published an article today, um, literally just this morning, about tether settling with the New York AG, $18.5 million settlement. You know, for it's a multi-year case that's finally coming to a close. 
And, you know, I have to be honest, when we launched for USD years ago, it was 2017, we launched for USD, we were the first, we were the first USD backed stable coin after Tether. And we saw what Tether was doing and, you know, how, how sketchy some of their practices were. And we thought, oh my gosh, this thing is going to absolutely implode. Tether, it's just, it's just a question of when, not if. It's a ticking time bomb. That's how, we, that's how it looked to me at the time and to most of the people on our team. And then over the years, just, it has really survived and survived and survived all kinds of issues, all kinds of uh, lawsuits and claims against it. And so at this point, you know, I think a lot of people still don't feel 100% comfortable with it, don't 100% trust it. You know, they're not audited away the, the way a lot of the other stable coins like TrueUSD or USDC are, but I think it's still here to stay. I, I would not be surprised if Tether, if Tether several years from now, maybe even a decade from now, was still a major coin, still a very important piece of infrastructure in crypto. I'm not saying so the, that's a good thing. I think that falling. might just be the situation. It, it's, it's, I don't think the sky is falling. No, okay. and I'll I'll also say that some of the some of the absolute savviest uh, traders and market making firms that we know that they know the tether folks and they they completely completely back it. You know they. I don't, you know, they, they still, I'm sure, think that Tether is a little bit sketchy, but still if push comes to shove, if Tether's trading at 95 cents, these folks are buying it up like crazy. And just, they know they're going to pocket the 5% once Tether gets back up to a dollar. I think that's just the situation. That's, that's, uh, that's really interesting. Yeah, you know, uh, I have some stuff sitting on Tether and then Joel always scares me. He's always like, you need it in USDC. I'm like, all these letters, USDT, TUSD, USDC, USDX, XDS. Like, wow, there's so many, there's so many things to choose from. Yeah. And so if how would somebody get yours? Like your your TUSD. So if I have tether, like can I swap it somewhere? Or how does one even acquire TUSD to begin the process to do DeFi? All the stable coins are very swappable today. So if you want to swap them, mm-hmm. swap them on a centralized exchange, most centralized exchanges, including Binance, FTX, and lots of other big ones, they'll list, you know, true USD against Tether, USDC against Tether, and so on. And you can swap them and you'll you'll pay like, you know, five basis points, seven basis points in fees, something like that. But it's not going to be a huge deal. And your other option is you can actually swap these things quite efficiently on the blockchain using a DeFi product called Curve.Fi. Curve.Fi is a really cool DeFi product. There's one more called Swerve.Fi, which you can also consider for a similar use case. And they're basically a decentralized exchange. So, you know, it's like an exchange, but it operates directly on the blockchain, but they focus on swapping between stable coins rather than between uh, volatile currencies like Ether and Bitcoin and so on. And so you can just go to Curve.Fi, you could put in $1,000, $10,000, even a million dollars of true USD and swap the Tether or put in Tether, swap the true USD. You can do that pretty much 24-7. So how does the security and safety of you know Tether stack up against USDC or TUSD? Like what makes um, your product or Coinbase's product allegedly more secure than um, than some of these others? Well, I think that they are a lot more transparent and a lot more legit. So with TrueUSD and with USDC, 
you can actually see regular attestations from you know a top US accounting firm where they inspect the bank accounts and they say, yes, all the funds are there. And with TreeUSD, we actually took it one step further and we have a real-time attestation. So there's actually a firm called Armanino, who's a top 25 US accounting firm, and they actually attest to the funds in real time 24 seven. They host the dashboard on their website where they show the funds back in TreeUSD. And take that, we take that one step further, we actually put that directly on the blockchain so that DeFi protocols can then, they could even have like a trigger system where if they see that, that on chain, they can actually see the data about TreeUSD's backing reported by a third party. And if that ever were to drop, they could shut off TreeUSD deposits, they could liquidate. There's a variety of ways that they could react to that. So that's, that's some, those are some of the things that, that we do and other stable coins do to make sure that you know, it's very audited, very trustworthy. Tether doesn't really have any of that. So there's no, there's no third party attestation showing that they have the funds. Um, they're, they're not necessarily as compliant with a lot of the US uh, regulations, banking regulations. So it's a little bit more, you're taking a risk with something like Tether, but you know, probably you'll be fine. But I, of course, you know, no one can guarantee that. Mm. You know, one thing I, that, that was, I think was going to finish off from my previous question, I think I got sidetracked on. Yeah. But one of the things I think is so, so most appealing is, is like, say, for example, with the DeFi thing, is that uh, you want, one of the things that I most like about it, like if I'm going to borrow against Bitcoin or borrow against my Ethereum, yeah. is that my Bitcoin stays in the vault and my my Ethereum stays in the vault and I don't, and actually what I do is I borrow against that and then I get a crypto that I would then pay back later. So maybe I borrow five grand against my Bitcoin and instead of selling that five grand, which might be a hundred grand later on, I'm able to pay back the small amount that I borrowed and then get access to my full Bitcoin. So it is like a full collateral kind of a scenario, which is really revolutionary. Exactly. That, that's what a lot of DeFi is offering. Like you can borrow mm -hmm. directly against any crypto asset using some of these platforms. Now I would warn, you know, people oftentimes use that in order to get leverage and buy even more crypto. And, you know, while that could make you a lot of money, that can also lose you a lot of money. So you gotta be careful. Right. Uh, if that thing tanks and you tank and that tanks and Bitcoin tanks, and that's no tanks to everyone because that's a, that's a big, sad, sad scenario. Thanks a lot. About this exactly. Before. Yeah, tanks a lot. Yeah, I want to ask about well, that, this because we've been chatting. We've been chatting with some folks around the idea of, you know, security tokens, and yeah. you know how long do you think it's going to be until you know maybe stocks are able, we're able to do DeFi against stocks? Like you know what I mean? Like how like oh here's a stock I want to borrow a loan against this. I sell my Apple, but I want to borrow against it. Like how far in the future do you think until that comes? Yeah, so I guess there's two, there's two things that need to happen there. First, you got to have actual tokenized stocks. And I think one of, the, one of the best players that's doing this is actually FTX. Well, they're, one of the big, they're one of the biggest exchanges mm. in the world. And they list tokenized stocks of a whole bunch of companies, including some of the, you know, some of the recent uh, ones that people have been excited about, GME, AMC, and so on. Um, and... I believe that, that those stocks, you can trade them on FTX, but you can also just withdraw them as a token and then potentially use them in DeFi. Now, I don't know how much people actually do that because the second thing you need to be able to really have, have tokenized 
stocks, tokenized securities work in DeFi is that mm -hmm. the platforms have to be comfortable with it. Because there are a lot of platforms that for regulatory reasons, they don't want to have securities listed. They only want to have non-securities like Bitcoin, Ethereum, stable coins, and so on. So that's a whole regulatory ball of yarn that we need to untangle. And it may take a while. A little bit of a little bit of guidance from the regulators might actually help there about, you know, what constitutes a sufficiently decentralized platform that something like that would not be a legal or regulatory risk. Rafael Cosman, appreciate you coming on the show today, filling us in. If people want to learn more about DeFi from you or Trust Token, where can they track you down, hunt you and meet up for drinks? Well, until COVID's over, we're going to have to hold the drinks. But um, if you want to hang out virtually, we've got a great community in our Discord. And you can find our, our if you go to our site, app.trufi.io, you can find a link to our Discord, to our community. And we would love to chat with you about DeFi, about lending on the black blockchain, about all these sorts of topics if you're interested in getting involved in it. So now you know about the trust token and TrueFi and DeFi, and we're going to be talking more about DeFi because it's such it's so hot right now. DeFi, NFT, they're so hot. We love Dems. So we'll be having some more conversations around that. You know what else is hot, Sir Lord Jocom? Uh, more stuff. Stuff is Animoca Brands. Oh. They're pretty hot. Yeah. They've been doing some amazing stuff over there with, uh, with their games. They are the global leader in branded blockchain gaming we say the name a lot you might not know how to spell it it's a-n-i-m-o-c-a -A. we are advisors on that project and they have all kinds of stuff they got this new thing quid q-u-i-d-d -D, that they're doing some stuff on they, they acquired that app and they're doing a bunch of cool stuff they got their they got their f1 racing game uh f1 delta time and some other stuff you should check it out check them out right now go do it animoca a-N-A-M-O-C-A, Animoca, go today, play games. Yeah, I went to so I went to Starbucks and got myself a, a Vente Animoca. Do you know what some other um, synonyms are for the word stuff, Sir Lord Travis? Um, I'm, I have a feeling you, you pulled up some synonyms. I, I did indeed. Goods. Goods. Uh, junk. Okay. Substance. Gear. Equipment is another synonym for stuff. Paraphernalia, okay, trapping. I got some paraphernalia right over there that I might use a little later on. It's already past 420. Yeah. And junk. Did I mention junk? You did mention junk and things. Yeah, well, and stuff it's and so junky. I mentioned it. And equipment. Mentioned it twice. Yeah. And paraphernalia. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget NF Tuesdays begin on the Clubhouse app this Tuesday. We're going to talk all things NFTs and digital collectibles, and we welcome you to join the conversation. Take the stage, share your thoughts, or just listen. It's like a live podcast, but you know it's not recorded. This, uh, this is uh, what you call ethereal content. It's there in the moment, and then it's gone. So if you miss it, you miss it, and we are on the Clubhouse app. Join us at 9 o'clock Tuesday. That's 9 o'clock Eastern time. And look for either myself, at Joel Com or at TW. That would be Travis. And join the room. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Did you say paraphernalia? I did say paraphernalia. Stay back. Who's bad? 
Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.